Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Crooked Illness. If you are new here, my name is Paris Brinkevich, and I am the creator and host of the Crooked Illness podcast, where we get into all things health-related. The primary focus of the podcast within the umbrella of health-related topics is mental health and mindset. I began Crooked Illness as a way to motivate, inspire, empower, and educate people on these interesting topics. My background and passion for starting Crooked Illness stems from the field of psychology. After completing both my BA in psychology and MBA in healthcare administration, my passion for mental health only continued to grow. As a result of this, I decided to start Crooked Illness to bring more awareness, tips, and conversations to the table about these topics. I offer my perspective on the work I've done and how it inspired me to begin this podcast. Along with this perspective, I also speak about my personal experience with mental health and how I use those experiences to help educate, inspire, and motivate others. I really enjoy doing interviews and connecting with people who also love to discuss and learn more about mental health. If you would like to learn more, become a guest, or connect, feel free to reach out to me by shooting me a message on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or to my email of crookedillness at gmail.com. Hello, guys. I am so excited to talk to you about what this episode right here is all about. So as you guys can see today, right now, from the title of this episode, Walking Through Emotional Detoxing, this is what we're going to be getting into today. This is the topic of conversation between me and my guest, who I will tell you guys about in a second. She's coming on here. She is going to be talking about what emotional detoxing is, what it looks like, what it means. And she is someone who knows because she has actually written nine books and two of which are on the subject of emotional detoxing. And she's also going to be sharing parts of her story with me as well that are going to be really helpful in explaining this and what this process really looks like. So I really wanted to do this episode with my guest after I got off a phone call with her. So some of you guys may know, but I do a phone call with all of my guests before I record with them, just to chat with them, get to know what they want to get into more on a deeper level, hear more about their story, and just have more, more conversations with them before we jump right into the recording. So I did that with her. And what I really found is this is a topic that I have not spoken on specifically about what what emotional detoxing is, what it looks like. And I wanted to get into that because she has a very, very good and interesting way of explaining this. She also drops a lot of really helpful analogies that I love. And we're going to be getting into that later in the episode as well. But basically, we are going to be talking about a lot of different things here related to emotion. So processing emotion, what positive emotions look like, negative emotions look like, what what it means to actually deal with something that is difficult and how it can often be hard to express that. So to express that to others or to even acknowledge it ourselves. And another thing that I really love about this episode is she talks about feeling your feelings, which sounds kind of weird to say, feel your feelings, but feel feeling your feelings means 
if you're dealing with something that you maybe you don't know why you're feeling a certain way about something, someone, or an event or situation, but having an awareness of what is going on and actually letting yourself experience that moment, I think is so important because I was definitely the kind of person in the past who would majorly say, I will do this later. I will deal with this later. Like I would have a feeling about something or a reaction to something and I would either let that consume me entirely and really just derail the rest of my day and keep me in this dark hole kind of mentality or I wouldn't even want to deal with it at all. I would just push it off and say I would get to it at another time. So that's a topic that we get into as well. And I just think it's a really a really fun thing to talk about because I feel like everybody has a relationship to how they have dealt with their emotions in the past. And maybe if they deal with them differently today, how do you deal with them differently? And what did you learn through the process of going through a very hard, difficult, challenging, traumatic situation? And how did that affect you emotionally? And what did you do to overcome that or come out of that time in your life? So it's a really exciting conversation. And she is so awesome and just a really, really cool person. So I'm really glad that we got to virtually sit down, virtually sit down and have this chat, guys. So let's get into the episode here. Hello, guys, and welcome back to a brand new episode of Crooked Illness. Today, we are going to be getting into what emotional detoxing is all about. I have a special guest joining me today to get into the focus of today's episode, which is actually inspired by her book, Emotional Detox, Seven Steps to Release Toxicity and Energize Joy. My guest is Sherry Anna Boyle. She is an author of nine Nine books, professional speaker, adjunct professor of psychology, founder of Emotional Detox Coaching, and CleanseLife.com. I'm excited to have her here today to chat with me about her story as it relates to today's topic, along with the work she has done and is currently doing. So without further ado, welcome Sherry Anna to the podcast. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm sorry. My mic went out for a second. <laughs> oh, I was like, I yeah. see her. She's there, but the mic. Okay. You are all yeah. good. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is so funny. Well, yeah, I'm so glad to have you here today and that we got to set this up to dive into this topic. I'm super excited. After we spoke last time before recording this, there was so many good tips that you dropped on me that I'm excited to dive into today. So before we go ahead and get into that, I would love if you could give me a nice overview of your story and how it led you to the discovery of emotional detoxing? Sure. So um, emotional detox is actually my seventh book. And I always say I could have never written that book had I not written six others before it. I feel like the the six others all played a little role in creating that book. And, And maybe even that was their purpose was to get me to that point where I could create emotional detox and so, and so the book before that was called, well, there were a couple books. One was The Four Gifts of Anxiety, and that's all about transforming energy and anxiety and, and how um, our, our anxiety is not the issue. It's really the fact that we don't understand 
um, how to work with it. And you actually can transform symptoms such as fear, or uncertainty, or doubt into something new. That was the four gifts of anxiety. Once I wrote that, and then I had sort of an understanding of, okay, what what we could do with emotions. That eventually led me to a book called Mantras Made Easy. In that book, I had a solid mantra practice. So I had probably three of them when I was writing that book. And one of the practices was about my marriage. I was doing a mantra. And mantras, if you really understand what they're about, they're a spiritual practice that you commit to for about 90 days and you say it 180 times in a row. So that's the difference between a mantra and an affirmation. So do you say it 180 times in a row each day? Yes, each day. Yeah. So that's what Mantras Made Easy has. And so I was reciting, a mantra is a phrase, a word, or it can be a syllable, it can be a sound. And I had a whole verse going on regarding my marriage. And I did that for 90 days. I published Mantras Made Easy. And then I had this idea about emotional detox. And I thought, where's that coming from? Because I really wasn't planning on writing another book, but I thought emotional detox. So I started researching emotions and this and that and learning more about them. And I presented it to my publisher, Simon & Schuster, and they were like, this is great, but you need to do more work. And I thought, okay, I just worked so hard. And so I went back, did more work, and pre- presented it again. They said, okay, now you've got it. You've got something. You, you have something solid. So we were moving forward. I was ready to write Emotional Detox. And then, I don't know, it was probably five weeks later, I was hit with the worst news of my life, the most traumatic news of my life, which it would impact every area of my life, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially. It impacted every single relationship in my life. I really got a doozy. So now I, I think to myself, I can't write this book. I'm, I'm a mess. I'm in crisis. And so are my children. So I go back to the publisher and I'm, I can't write this book. And they were great. And they said, when you can, you, you pick it up again. And I thought for sure, oh God, I, I don't know if I'll ever be able to, to write again. I'm probably going to have to get a new job. Literally, that's what I thought. I'm probably going to have to go back and have to get a few jobs, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Wow. And, yeah. What was the event that took place um, when you were working on or trying to start working on this book? So it's written in emotional detox. So there's two emotional detox books. There's the core book, which is the white cover, colorful cover that talks about my story. And the story was the day that I found out my husband was having an affair. So, so that was my story. And so I wrote about that in that book it's loosely talked about in a way where really people can understand. I think that's why the book is actually doing so well is because everybody can relate to betrayal in some way. And everybody wants to understand how to get through something like that. 
So that was what had happened. And then eventually I would go on and I would write Emotional Detox for Anxiety, mainly because I had created a framework in Emotional Detox called CLEANSE. It's an acronym. It's the seven steps of an emotional detox. And when I say I created it, as you know now, I didn't just write a bad research. I had to go through it myself, which was a blessing because I got to try it out. I got to throw some things out, try them again. I wrestled with that material so much, which was exactly what needed to happen because I needed to see it, not just from my experience, but what people who have been through trauma have gone through. And the reality is, Paris, we've all been through trauma. Yes. Mm -hmm. I, I agree with you 100% yeah. on that. And I, I honestly, the, the thing that I love the most about this is that in your writing, you were writing about something that you experienced and then that turned into the other book. So you have the emotional detox and that's, that's so wild to me that you have nine books, nine books that you publish. And that's such a huge accomplishment and being able to really write about all these topics and things that you actually live through. And you're, you're telling your story and you're putting that down on paper for people to be able to read and relate to and resonate with. And like you said, you know, everybody has experienced some form of trauma, some form of loss, betrayal, grief, whatever that emotion is, everyone has had some kind of an experience like that in their lives. So it's very, very relatable and so important that you did that, that you told your story, because I know sometimes it's it can be very challenging at first to do that and put that down, especially to publish a book about that and to do that. So I think that's awesome that you did that. And also, um, what is the cleanse method? What does that stand for? So the, again, the cleanse are the seven steps of an emotional detox, seven mindful steps. And the reason I came up with it, um, I had no idea I would have a cleanse method, steps, any of that, that was never on my mind. But when I was going through the emotional detox, one of the things I learned <laughs> that when you're in trauma or crisis and, and people, I believe people that are really overextended and overworked, it can almost feel a little bit like the same feeling as trauma. You get very numb and you get, you feel like all it takes is one more thing and you're going to break, right? You're just one hair away from one step away of saying, I, of giving up, really. That, that's what it feels like. And so what happens is you, don't, you lose your memory. <laughs> that's what I found. It's kind of like being pregnant or post-pregnancy. You just get this foggy brain. You can't remember anything. And I thought to myself, whatever it is I create, it has to be an acronym because I can't even think straight. And wow. I'm, so yeah. you, you're saying you lost your memory during that time of, of coming up with the coming up with the method or during my crisis, one oh, of the things I okay. recognize. So I'm playing with how, how this is going to work because I'm in it. One of the things I'm realizing is to just tell people to read a book and go back to it and do this and that. I needed a system that they could rely on because for me during that time frame, like going to yoga or going for a walk, it just wasn't going to cut it. Not for the level of what I was in. And I realize now that I'm out and help other people. A lot of people feel that way. Like they're like, I do do those things. 
but it doesn't seem, it works for a little while, but it doesn't really seem to shift things in a way that they hope for. So that's how the cleanse came to be, the steps. The first step is C, which is clear reactivity, which is about centering and balancing your body. And I give all sorts of tools and techniques for that. The second step is L, which is look inward. And that's where we're starting to acknowledge the emotions, what's happening, and giving them space to exist. And then the third step is called emit, which is an E, which is a mantra. And that's why I always tell my mantra story first, because I want people to know that I really knew there was going to be a mantra in there after I had done those sacred practices. Now, mind you, I was mantraing about my marriage, right? And look what happens. Now, what I didn't tell you is one of my mantras, I was asking for the truth, Wow. Wow. That's, that's, that's powerful right there. You're asking, you were asking for my mantra and then that that's what happened. That's, that's pretty yeah, crazy right there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, About two months later, I got the truth and I really believe it helped uncover it because it was so, it's so easy to have an affair now. It's so easy to hide. It's um, very scary for people because it's really not very hard to hide something. And I think that's Um, very brave of you to want to ask for the truth because sometimes people, when they're in that situation, they might always not want to know the truth. Or if if they have a suspicion or idea of that, they might just want to push it off and not want to deal with it or hear about it or face, face that, but you were actually asking for that and you wanted that to be revealed. You wanted to have that come into light for you. And that's really what happened. And I think that's pretty awesome to, to, to be that way because sometimes we get caught up in really not wanting to know or not wanting to deal with it, but we still stay where we are, even if we aren't happy there or we aren't mm. doing well there, we just choose to remain there because it's unknown where we'll go from there. If we, if we move, what, we don't know what could happen, you know, like not knowing what will result if we take action on the truth that you discover, what's going to happen next. Yeah. I will. And I was there. I mean, I was in denial. It's called denial. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I had my, I've had my share fair of that as well. So I know what it's like to be in that space of not wanting to know. I mean, um, a woman knows, right? We know. We, a woman, a man knows. We have, we have intuition. We have instinct. We have a feeling. You pick up on little things here and there. Um, there's no doubt in my mind that I did know already. I already knew the truth. I actually didn't need a mantra to tell me the truth. I think it was just what the mantra did was it prepared me for the truth. And, um, and it led me to the next thing after that, which would help me heal and transform myself and my marriage. So, um, so I really believe in them. They're incredibly helpful, ancient tools that can support us. And it would let, lead me to the cleanse. Um, it would change my life. And yeah, you know. well, you just taught me something new right there because mantras, I, I always would have assumed that they're similar to affirmations. I would have assumed that, but that, but it yeah. seems like they're 
they're different. People look at yeah. that book, the mantras, and because I, I was saying, you know, so, I didn't really yeah. fully understand, yeah. you know, the difference. Like, what what is the difference between mantras and affirmations? And I feel like you really clarified that for me because I always thought, you know, an affirmation is a statement, right? You repeat or you say it maybe once or a few times, yeah. but you're saying for mantras, you do that for nine months. I think you said nine, nine months and you repeat it. Yeah. 100, 90 no, days. 90, 90 days. days. Why did I say nine months? Okay. 90 days, 90 days. 90 days. And you, <laughs> yeah. Were, yeah, I'm like yeah. thinking of, yeah. I'm like pregnancy. She said pregnancy, nine yeah. months. No, like no, mantra is 90 <laughs> days. And you say you repeat yeah. that 180 times, but I would, I wanted to ask you this. So I think, I think you might've already brought this up a little bit, but for you, what was the most helpful thing in overcoming your experience with, with that trauma that you mm -hmm. went through? I think, I think the probably learning how to feel a feeling, I didn't know how to do that. Even though I'd been teaching yoga, I mean, I've been teaching yoga for 19 years. I've written about mindfulness. I knew how to, I knew what transforming a feeling was because I had written the four gifts of anxiety, which has all these healing tools in it. So I knew how to do that, but I really realized that I wrote it from a perspective of how to help other people. Where emotional detox was different was I was really in it. I was entrenched. I was feeling it. I was testing it, not just from the lens of does this help or not? I was feeling it in my body and noticing. I would also notice when I wasn't feeling. And so I think the biggest thing that I learned was even in the healing in, um, modalities, and I'm, I'm trained in all sorts of healing stuff. I've got certifications up the wazoo, but I'm going <laughs> to be honest with you, Paris. Some of them taught me fear. Sometimes you go into the healing world and it's so focused on get rid of this and, and remove that and release this and change this and don't let this in and protect yourself from this. And I realized even though I was in this healing world, I was still in fear. Mm. And it wasn't until I started to really do the cleanse that I realized I don't need all that stuff. I don't need to put white light around me. I don't wait, need to wear a million crystals. I, not that I don't love them. And I do love them. I have, I have too many crystals. I have a lot of crystals, but I don't even, I don't even have them on right now, but I used to be like the, the crystal lady. Like you'd look at me and go, Oh my God. And, and they're gorgeous to look at and feel, <laughs> yeah. but I don't, but I would wear them because I was afraid. I was afraid because I was such an empath, right? And you hear that a lot too, where you feel everything and you, and I felt so fragile. And what I realize is when you process your emotions, you just, what you do is you get strong and you get protective. And I really don't, what's fascinating to me is how much emotional processing helps you to just feel pure love all the time. With everything that's going on in the world, I have a really hard time relating to anything that's fear-based, anger-based. I'm just, I just feel pure love for all of it. And I'm I, like, am I crazy? I actually feel crazy <laughs> that I feel love. <laughs> I love, I love that, that you bring up the, the most helpful thing for you is actually feeling 
your feelings and going through that. Cause especially, you know, how you bring up helping other people through that, right. Through the different books you've written with these processes and modalities and tips and all these things that you're putting out there to help other people. But, at, but kind of when you were experiencing that, not being able to help yourself because you're not feeling what's happening, what's, what's going on. And I think that's so important because, you know, there's probably so many people out there who are the sit who have, who have been there, who are there right now, who are, you know, in a situation where they don't want to de- feel what's going on and really be there and be in the moment. And I think that's so important that you bring that up of, especially in one of your books, you know, one of the nine books you've written where it is your story, you talk about what happened with, with your life, you know, finding out that your husband is having an affair and being deeply, deeply affected by this and writing that and being in that moment. And then, and then having this other book that you were wanting to start working on and you got, you know, you got the, you got the green light from the publisher and you had, you know, you were going to start doing this and then just feeling like you can't, you know, you can't write anymore. You can't do this anymore feeling like that. But, you know, I think that's the the key right there is just really being in that moment and feeling that even though it's not fun, you know, it's not like, it's not fun to feel these things that are not happy or positive that are going on, but really doing that, like you said, come, you, you begin to form a level of strength in resiliency and being able to come back from situations like this. And then you also learn so much from that. You know, I feel like you've probably learned so much from your experience, so much from, and like everybody else has in in the world who, who maybe has gone through something similar, you know, learning a lesson or, you know, whatever it is from that moment that was not a good time, that was challenging, very difficult, but being able to take something away from that and use it to help help you move forward right and help yourself because you know especially someone like you who's so used to helping others and teaching others and doing these kinds of things but not doing that for you but then really being able to do that and noticing the difference it's had in your life and the, and the impact that you you feel when you get up in the morning the differences you're noticing and how you are feeling and doing since you've been able to do that because i think that's a really it's not always an easy thing to do. It's not always an easy thing to, I think, feel your feelings when they're not good or when you're especially going through something that is very difficult and challenging. It's not always easy to do that. No, it's definitely not. So I can empathize with people that are are feeling like I don't have time for that. I've got, you know, and that's the way I felt too, was I had so many things I was juggling and I was always writing something, you know, these huge projects on my plate. I have three daughters. And um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I'm, you know, juggling and helping them and being a mom and then being having my own private practice. And I also teach psychology. I'm at a college. So I have a full plate and I've always had a full plate. And people can relate because it's like you think, I don't have time for that. And if I address it or I feel it, somehow I'm going to lose my, my footing in the world. I'm not going to be able to move forward. I'm not going to get where I want to be. And so I totally get why people (laughs) would avoid it. Um, But now that I'm on the other side, you know, I, I gained my footing. I never had my footing. That was all an illusion. Mm -hmm. I was just, 
I was reacting. And that's what I talk about in emotional detox is I was managing what I was feeling by keeping myself incredibly busy and running, you know, occupied and focused on my kids and their stuff and what's going on for them. And there was no room for feeling. And what I've learned since then is that is incredibly disrespectful to yourself. And think of it like if you had a friend and you just kept saying, I'm busy, I'm busy. Oh, okay, I'm busy. I know you're there and I know, I know you want to get together, but I can't do that. And you just kept putting them off and putting them off. Eventually that friend would just feel so hurt. You know, it's, that's what we do to ourselves. I know you're there. I know you have, I know you're there emotions, but I really don't have time for you. And it's disrespectful and you will gain your footing and then some by allowing yourself to feel. Wow. I love that analogy you just put together right there. Cause I think that's, I always love those. Like I always love when people, you know, give me examples like that, especially, you know, with the one you just did of, you know, having a friend and they're wanting to see you and you're like, you know, later, later, not right now. And just, you know, noticing that we do that to our own selves when it comes to our feelings and processing that and, and, and feeling them and dealing with them. We say, no, later, no, you know, I know this is here, you know, you know, it's, it's present, it's going on, but you're, you'll get to it later another time. And I think that's so powerful that you bring that up because it is, it is something that happens a lot with probably a lot of people in a lot of different circumstances. Um, but what the one thing I also want to ask you similar to this is I always love to ask people this question. So do you think there is a relationship between mindset and mental health? And if so, what does the significance of that relationship look like for you? I do. I, it depends on the mindset though. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I feel like that's what emotional detox, that was the first thing I had to do. So I went on more of the traditional stuff. So when I went, when I, after I found out, I thought, well, I didn't have a therapist or anything. Like I said, I, I'm the therapist for everybody else. So I didn't have any of those things in place. So I got a therapist and then I went through I went to that and I thought this, I just, this just doesn't feel right. So then I got another therapist and that one didn't feel right. I I was a terrible client, patient, whatever you (laughs) want to call me. I was awful because I had all this stuff in my mind that I had learned about emotions and it just, I couldn't, I couldn't sit, not think about it. Think about, okay, you're telling me to do this but the research is showing me this. So what do I do? Do I do what you tell me to do or do I listen to what I just learned? And then from that, what I, what I realized is I needed to create, create a mindset. And so emotional detox is based on the mindset that all emotions are good so long as you process them. All I love emotions. that. I love that. That, I think that's that was so- my motto important you know the way yeah. you like the way you just lay that out they're all good as long as you process them yeah. and yeah because you know i always love to ask people this question to see what they think or what they say you know whether it's related to you specifically or just in general you know if you think there's a relationship there between 
mindset or the way, you know, we're currently thinking right now or whatever's happening right now in this moment that we're experiencing, Mm. dealing with, going through, that is, that could potentially alter the way that we think and and can make it, you know, more negative and harder to process those emotions Mm. and how that can end up affecting our mental health, right? So if we're, Mm. if, if maybe if we're, you know, if you say like, look, look at how I was a, y- a year ago compared to today. And, you know, when I was really struggling with, you know, anxiety or different things that I was dealing with at the time, what was my mindset like? And yeah. I always like to ask people like, what, what was your mindset like hmm. in the lowest moment that you've ever been in? And what, what did, what did you see from that? Like, what was it, what kind of thought process did you have, you know, about yourself, about others, about the world and how is that different? Or what, what did you do to, to change that to come out of that place. I always love to see, you know, people think about that because everybody has, you know, their own unique experiences. And it's, I always think it's so cool to see, you know, what people say about that. You know, if I was here, this is what it was like for me. This is the way that I thought and acted. And this is what it was. This is really what it was. And this is the steps that I took to come out of that place because I wasn't happy there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean that one of the shifts that I needed to, to shift for myself and eventually an emotional detox is I really believe that there's only one emotion and that's love. Mm-hmm. I couldn't, I think this is why therapy was a little hard for me at first. And I'm a huge fan of therapy and I have a lot of social workers, therapists, coaches that will come to me and they'll use my cleanse maybe in the beginning of their sessions with people, you know, the steps of an emotional detox, and then they'll do their, their, whatever they're trained in. So I'm a, a huge fan, but for me, I had to develop the mindset that the only emotion is love everything else is a reaction. And what that did was it helped me get more grounded and clear. Because if you try to figure out every single emotion and every thought and why are you feeling this and this leads to that, you just really make yourself crazy. Mm -hmm. So I just knew if I was in, if I was maybe thinking a lot or if I was, if my body was having a physical reaction, meaning accelerated heart rate, tightness, if I was really crying a lot, things like that, that I had to tell myself, you're in reactivity. It's okay. (laughs) Um, And you just need to cleanse it, right? We're just going to cleanse this. And sometimes cleansing is a lot. Sometimes that's, there were days I just cleanse, cleanse, cleanse. But now there's a lot of space between that, those times. I do cleanse every day as kind of like a baseline because what I learned was even though, you know, I had dabbled in so many different things over the years and so many people do that. They'll go to workshop here, class here, book here, book club, whatever it is. What I learned is those things do count. They do because- life happens, you know, can't control what happens. And you, when you do take care of yourself on some level, even if you're telling yourself, oh, well, I only do this or I only do that. It's, it will count. Yes. I think that is so, so true because like, and like you said, I think the biggest thing I took away from this right here, this last uh, question we were on is clarity 
and awareness because mm. you brought up the awareness of when you're reacting and knowing, you know, if, if you're crying and not having a good, good day or whatever is going on, knowing yeah. that and having an awareness of this is what, this is what I am in right now. I'm reacting to yeah. this. And I feel like that is what helps so much with gaining clarity. Like you said, you know, identifying everything that goes back to love. And that helps so much because like you said, you know, of course, when you're trying to work through all these different things, like you could have sadness, you could have anger, you could have, you know, reactivity, you could have happiness over here, you could have these all fear, all kinds of shame, embarrassment, guilt, whatever these emotions are, and then trying to deal with all of them and process all of them can feel very overwhelming. So I like how you make it simple and you break it down and you have this, the cleanse method that is very easy to follow. It's very clearly defined and it makes it easy for people instead of having to say, okay, well now I have to, and just letting that overwhelm you of, oh, how am I going to deal with all this? And then there's that, but you, I really like how you break it down and bringing up that piece of awareness and then clarity and how that allows us to gain clarity of what's what's going on overall instead of trying to figure out all these tiny pieces and mm. where do they go where does this fit why is this like this and just because i feel like it's almost easier to get caught up in that because it's it's easy you know once you start this isn't right well then this isn't right and then it starts mm. stacking and adding and adding but then when you when you when you simplify it like that and you break it down and redirecting that all back to, to love. Eventually that is what is at the core. That is what it is. And I think that's amazing that you, you know, the way that you describe that I think was really good because it's, it was just very helpful. And I also like how, you know, you bring up having that, having that awareness and how that allows us to have clarity. That's so that's, that's the thing that so many people are searching for, you know, within their emotions, right? You know, especially if you're having an emotion or a feeling and you don't know why, or you don't understand it, you don't like it, you don't want it to be there. And, you know, cause that happens all the time. And then what, your method I think is so helpful in being able to na to navigate that and really face it and process it and feel that feeling rather than pushing mm -hmm. it and saying, we'll do it later. <laughs> we'll mm -hmm. get to you later. But you know, that's, that's what it is. So the last, one of the last things I really want to ask you right here is what has been the most difficult lesson you have had to learn on your journey so far when it comes to emotional detoxing and what did it teach you? Hmm, that's a good question. The most difficult lessons so far. What did it teach me? Hmm. I think it's really looking at my part in things. I think when you have to sit and look at how you might have contributed to something, it's so easy to point fingers and say, you did this, you did that. Um, it's your fault. And I realize um, the reactions, the way that I manage my emotions really contributed to everything. And I think, I think that that's a difficult thing for people when you realize, wow, I, I might've co-created this. Um, I know I co-created it and it's difficult, but at the same time, it just brings in that vulnerability piece that's so important. You know, when we allow ourselves, we don't want to, we don't like to admit that maybe we, that maybe we didn't quite, quite have a hundred percent or we, or that we had 
hurt somebody or done, had done something. And so that's, that's a difficult thing, but it's also really beautiful at the same time. And I love how you bring up through that and being able to, to do that has taught you vulnerability, right? Because of course, it's not always yeah. easy to say, yeah. this, is, this is why this happened and this is why I'm responsible or this is yeah. my role or this is my part. Because mm-hmm. like you said, sometimes it's you know, easier to say, well, this situation is the way it is because of this event or this mm-hmm. person or this thing that happened that I couldn't control. Instead of saying, you know what, this is eventually, I'm responsible for my reaction to mm-hmm. the situation, whether or not I was at fault, not at fault, responsible, not responsible, ha- being able to say, you know, I'm, I am responsible for how I move forward from that happening mm-hmm. and, f- and reacting to that. I can control my response and reaction to it, even in the moment when we feel like we can't because it's almost mm-hmm. instant, you know, something mm-hmm. happens and instantly you're you know, crying, upset, all these things happening, but Mm. knowing that you can control the reaction to that and be able to identify your role in that. And, and, you know, instead of dwelling on, well, this is what, this is what it is. And it's just so bad and such a horrible thing that happened because of course, you know, that's, it it wasn't a good thing or a good situation always. Mm -hmm. And like you said, being able to learn vulnerability through that, Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you are saying this is my part. This is where I am, am saying this is where I'm responsible. And that does take courage and it does take bravery sometimes because not everybody is, is able to do that because maybe they haven't done it ever before. So. Yeah. Well, I can give you an example too, because I think it's a tricky one. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, on the outside, I looked perfect, honestly, not perfect. Perfect as in, I'm, I'm not a drinker. I, I, I never, I don't, I'm pretty much, you know, I'm, I'm followed the rules, put it that way. You know, it's, it's kind of like that good girl thing, right? Mm-hmm. I, I do the right thing. I, for the most part, I make the right choices. How my part where, was in my head. So what I mean by what I had to recognize how I contributed was the way that I manage my emotions meaning the, the, what I said to myself in my mind. And so for me, I'll just use my husband as an example. I could feel something and I didn't like it, right? So sometimes you feel something going on. Maybe you pick up a vibe from somebody, they rub you a wrong way and you're just you're like, I don't like this feeling in my body. That's what I managed. But the challenge is I managed it with very nasty thoughts. Mm. I didn't say the nasty things because remember, I'm a good girl. I know better. And that's a lot of what we do as women. We, we follow the rules. Um, some of us don't, but I was, I'm a pretty good rule follower. But in my head, it was like I was angry. I was angry. I was resentful. I was, I felt unappreciated. Those kinds of thoughts were going through my mind and those were there because I was suppressing what I was feeling. Wow. So that's how, that's how I contributed. So it, 
I just wanted to point that out. Yeah, I think that's awesome that you clarified that and pointed that out because I'd still think that is also a very powerful thing to admit mm-hmm. and also to to do and to process yourself. So yeah, I mean, this this whole conversation has just been so good has just been so good. You have made my day. And I'm so glad that we got to connect. And, you know, whoever the gentleman was that reached out to me telling me about you, I was uh, like, yes, I was like, I will. Yes. I was like, I would love to talk <laughs> with her. And then, you know, after I got off the phone with you, I was just like, this is awesome. You know, this, this woman has written these incredible books. You know, you're like, you're doing, you know, you're a mother of three daughters also a professor of psychology. You also, you know, you're doing so many different things. And, you know, I just think it's amazing how, you know, we just got to virtually sit down, have this talk, talk about the cleanse method, talk about emotional detoxing, talk about your story and your experiences. And also to hear, you know, the great tips that you shared with us today about overcoming certain situations, processing emotions and all of these things. So I just wanted to thank you, Sherrianna, for coming on Crooked Illness and sharing all of this stuff with me today. Thank you. It has been, been yes, so much fun. Yes. I can't (laughs) wait to put this episode out there. And you guys, whether you are listening in the daytime, in the nighttime, I hope that you have a great rest of your day. And on that note, I'm going to end it there. So bye guys. And also bye, Sherrianna. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right, guys, that is the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed this one as much as I enjoyed creating it. As always, if you guys would like to get in touch with me to talk about becoming a guest or to share your thoughts on this episode with me, you can do that in a number of ways. You can shoot me an email to crookedillness at gmail.com. You can send me a DM on Instagram at crookedillness, or you can message me on my Facebook page at crookedillness as well. I hope you guys have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you so much for listening to Crooked Illness.